Margaret. Oh, Margaret. And then, hardly audible, Oh, Christ, I've killed her. His hands, still tightly clasped, slid off the polished altar rail and dropped to his knees. Save for his breathing, he was silent, his eyes tightly closed, as if to shut out even the darkness. Outside in the nave, the pale colour still glowed, and the hush was complete and profound, until a footstep disturbed it rudely. The man at the altar rail jerked his head up and turned, staring at the tapestry colours on the stone. Another footfall sounded, and he moistened his lips in fear. A third footfall came, and suddenly the filtering light was blotted out by darkness. The figure of a man showed black. The supplicant who had killed a woman now stared, teeth gritted. A second later, the light returned. As the solitary man passed on, his footsteps hardly audible. A verger? A steward? A priest? Another worshipper? Another sinner? The man by the altar began to move with great caution, helping himself by pulling against the rail. His knees, one warm, one cold, were stiff, his movements slow and clumsy. He listened intently for the slightest sound, heard none except the agitated beating of his own heart. The spell of anguish and remorse was broken, fear replacing them, dread that he might be seen or recognised, which was nonsensical. Dread that retribution would soon catch up, which was real. He crept to the door of the chapel, careful to avoid those beautiful colours, staring towards the choir and the high altar beyond. He heard nothing, and for a while he saw nothing, until suddenly a yellowish glow appeared, startling in the darkness wavering as if held in an unsteady hand. Soon it settled on something which glistened, silent and golden. After a moment or two, shadows appeared. The glistening object moved, but not the light. Mesmerized by what was going on in front of him, the man by the chapel became aware of other things which glistened or glowed, all farther away from the radius of the pale light. Another object disappeared. A rustling was followed by a faint clink of sound, a pause, a shadowy movement, another clink. Only after this had happened several times did the man who had killed realize what was happening. It was as if a voice within him cried, He's stealing the altar plate! The fact to him was so monstrous that the enormity of his own crime was momentarily forgotten. Here, under his very eyes, was sacrilege. His mouth opened. A cry rose within him, but in the split second before it was uttered, his danger swept over him again, paralyzing the muscles of his throat, casting its own spell of silence. Gripped by an instinct that valued his personal safety above everything else on earth, he did nothing. The light moved, and so keen was his sense of perception and so much better his vision, that he could make out the hands and fingers, even the shape of the thief's head and shoulders, 
as the area of his depredations widened. The man who had taken life turned his back on the man who was robbing the cathedral. He crept towards the door, which was left open by the crypt, so that those in spiritual need could come by night for solace or for help. Only when he reached the narrow wooden door, carved by a monk five centuries before, did he turn round. A strange and awe-inspiring sight met his gaze. There was more light. It came from the moon, risen higher in the heavens. This moonlight shone on the stained glass of a dozen windows and cast a pattern of lovely colours on the floor, the walls, the great pillars, the brass, the memorial wording cut deep into the walls. It was as if a rainbow had been broken and the pieces scattered. The thief by the altar, quite oblivious, was shifting his torch so that he could see still farther afield.